Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and writer of the comic Anchor, Madeline Kelly, currently on Kickstarter. Welcome, Madeline. Hey, thank you. Well, thank you for reaching out to be on the show. But uh, outside of my introduction, who is Madeline Kelly and what are you about? So what most people who've backed my Kickstarter don't know, um, a lot a lot of people who've backed the Kickstarter are my friends, but I'm actually a college student. I'm 26 and I got to this late. So I figure that while I'm in college, why not take the time that I have to make things and just get out there right now? Because I started college at 24 and I feel like I'm just gonna have less time to do all the things I want to do. And I wanna do a lot of things. So I just figured out why not get out there right now? Um, it's a little hard. I just went through midterms right as this started. So that was a lot of, uh, a lot of mess. Everything went well, but um, I am a writer primarily of lesbian fiction. Um, although when I say I write lesbian fiction, it's always fantasy and sci-fi. I'm kind of incapable of writing a story that doesn't have magic or some sort of fantastical element. Mm-hmm. And that's really my favorite thing about fiction. A lot of what I grew up reading was like classic sci-fi. And I just really enjoy stories that are fantastical. Of course, I also love romance. Um, It's really all that I write. Um, Honestly, growing up gay, um, it's a lot better now than it was when I was a kid, but there weren't a lot of like love stories that I saw that made me happy. Like a lot of the times there would be a character that just randomly died. This happened all the time in like 2015, there were like five different lesbian and bisexual female characters who just died on TV at the same time. And it was really a horrible time. Like, I know that that sounds like a petty thing to feel bad about, but when you don't see yourself in media, and I believe very much in the power of representation, like not just for, you know, white lesbians, just for everyone. And I think that you want to be able to see yourself in the stories that you love. And so something that I have always wanted is to make those stories and to make the kind of representation that I want to see in the world. And really, I'm not gonna like police what anyone writes. I think it's great if someone writes a sad story. I think it's great if someone writes a happy story, but I'm always going to want to deliver something that has a really satisfying and happy ending because I feel like we don't get enough of those. And, that's really my aim in my writing. I mean, I want it to be good. Obviously, I want it to be good, but I am always going to go for, I want that satisfying, happy ending. And that doesn't mean that it's like all sunshine and rainbows on the way there, but I want to eventually get to a satisfying and happy point where I can look at this and say, hey, this is something I want for myself. Even if it's like, you know, taking place in space, or there's elves. I, that's what I really want from my fiction. Yeah, I think it's important to have the you know, queer lesbian representation and happy endings. Cause like you mentioned, a bunch of uh, you know, lesbian bisexual characters in 2015 
that you love and you're invested in had all just like randomly died. And then you have like the coded queer um, characters that die as well. And it's good that a lot more people nowadays are writing these uh, characters that are like clearly they're queer and that it's blatantly obvious, not obvious, but it's blatantly stated that they're queer as well. And they actually have stories, you know, they're not side characters and they're not like randomly dying and they're in like happy relationships or wanting to have happy relationships. And you get to see that and have happy endings. So I, I think it's good that you, it's a story like this that's out that you've written. I also think that it's important that we have stories that, oh God, where am I going with this? I think it's important that we have stories that I have lost my train of thought. I will come back to it. Oh, but that's fine. I just, growing up, I read all of this fantastic fantasy and sci-fi. I'm, I'm a huge fan of like classic sci-fi. I've read a lot of like H.G. Wells. Side note, love H.G. Wells, but I also have like a, there's this television show where there's like a fictional H.G. Wells, my favorite character in anything, Warehouse 13, lovely show, which is also actually about there's a time travel side plot in there and that's something that's always stuck with me I I just really adore the fantastic and I don't want there's a lot of stories out there where you can have like a happy ending but it's it's basically a lot of the lesbian stories that are told you'll notice that a lot of the movies we get a lot of period pieces and now this is great and this is fine, but I'm a little tired of women in petticoats swooning, you know? And I also think that lately there has been such an explosion of queer representation that people want it and they're going out to find it. And these things are getting published. They're really in ways that 10 years ago we couldn't have imagined. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to be a part of that. Um, which is feels like really big to say. Um, I, I want to talk about how this Kickstarter is my first comic Kickstarter. Um, it's my first Kickstarter at all. And I have, I've always been writing. Um, as I've said, I've been doing this in school and I have always wanted to get these stories out there. And I've started self-publishing over the years, mostly small things, but it was really nice. Like the first time I self-published, I noticed that people cared. And that experience has kind of been repeated tenfold with this Kickstarter because gosh, people care. And I did not expect it. Like it's been three days, not even three days. We're in the process of it being the third day. And we are halfway there, which is $1,200, which like, I know that's a small amount. This is a small comic Kickstarter. It's, it's a first, it's dipping my toe into the water. But sometimes I, I look at that number and I think, wow, this many people cared. And that's really wonderful. I want to talk about the comics community who has been so welcoming. Um, I've always loved comics. I love superhero comics a lot. Um, I used to I have an older brother, he's seven years older than me, one of my favorite people. And I think I got my love for a lot of nerdy things from him. Um, I got my love of video games from him. I wanted to be him when I was a kid. 
And I got my first comics from him. I would borrow his comics. I, I remember very vividly reading like the death of Superman arc, which is nothing like what I have written, but I gained a love for this medium. And I have a love for a lot of mediums. I thought when I was growing up that maybe I would write for television. That is a hard job, by the way. Like I, I aware of some people who've done it and it is not easy. Um, really tough deadlines. Um, but I have always wanted to create in some way. And this year, I think I had the really good fortune to connect with some very cool people. Like I did, I found my artists and my colorists who are sort of a duo, a dynamic duo. They both live in Italy. I found them on Reddit's r slash comic book collabs, um, which is this Reddit where you can go and look for people to collaborate with you, which I didn't know it existed until a couple months ago. And like, I have the art skills of a wet paper towel, um, <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, my mother is an artist. I think she got all of that and I got none of it. I am the writer in the family. And it has been so gratifying to first, to work with people who are really lovely. And secondly, to work with people who are really talented. And like, I think that anyone who has made a comic can tell you, anyone who has written a comic and not drawn the comic, that it is really gratifying when you first see that come on the page. Like, wow, the thing you were thinking about, it's here on that page. And a lot of the time it's better than you imagined it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a really powerful feeling. Um, I love that this has happened for me. I love that it happened kind of suddenly. Like I did not set out to say, I will write a comic ever. Like it was one of the things that I really loved. It's something I don't think I'll be leaving behind because I wanna do this more. I have some, I have a submission I'm working on for an anthology and I'm hoping that goes through. But if that one doesn't, then I'm doing another and another because first, the experience is just so enjoyable. I mean, I don't know if it's possible. Well, I'm sure it's possible to have a bad experience, to work with someone you don't like and to feel creatively stymied, but I've had the exact opposite of this. Every single phase of this project has been like a dream. Um, like not exactly like a dream. I, I'm, inexperienced in this and I'll admit that and I made a mistake or two and I was really lucky that the people I'm working with were willing to not like hold my hand but to say okay we can fix this thank you for telling me we're going to work together and we're going to get this right and like it like I don't do a lot of creative collaboration um like not with my writing um and it it's really put me on to the idea of collaboration because I, I've always been a solo person who does these projects on my own, other than my podcast, which is a podcast about sapphic representation in media. We are, we're sapphic stuff. Um, we're on a bit of a hiatus right now because I have a lot going on, but um, I, I'm usually, I do my stuff alone. I have great friends who support me when it happens, but I've been a person who does my work on my own. And doing this has made me think, 
wow, that's not the only way to do it. You can definitely just work together with people. And when you work together with people and when you work together with the right people, magic, magic happens. And that's amazing. Well, how did you know that uh, Federica and Mara were right for this project when you found them on, uh, well, you found, I think you found Federica on Reddit, right? And then Federica led you to Marta. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, so I think I always knew that they were right for this project. I scoped both of them out a little bit. Well, no, I scoped Frederica. She goes by Ika. Um, I scoped her out a little bit. And, you know, I saw the rainbow flag in her profile and I was like, you know, this could be a good match. And I also saw her art, of course. And I thought, well, actually what I thought was, I'm never going to work with this person because their art is leagues ahead of anything I could hope to have someone working with me do. Um, they are both extraordinarily talented and I'm really thankful that they were willing to work with someone new. Um, so the way that that happened was, um, so on comic book collabs, I posted, um, I'm not sure if I posted it or if I came to her and I said, it would be great for us to work together because she was looking for people to work with. And I'm so lucky that I saw that post because if I didn't, I don't know what I would be doing right now. Um, but I think I sent her a Google doc of a couple short stories I had written. And I didn't intend for any of those to be something we made together. I thought that I was gonna prove that I could write or not prove that I could write and she'd say, go away. But I thought that that was going to be my, okay, that works. Can you show me something new? But what she thought was, you know, this would make a really good comic. And there were three short stories there. And the first one was the one that she thought would work. And you know, personally, it had always been my favorite. Um, it was something I wrote over the summer uh, and I, I felt a real connection with it. I've, I've always really adored time travel stories. Um, I think there is something, I think there's something special about them. Uh, I don't know, I, I think like the notion that you could go through time and still find one person and fall in love with them is, is really sweet. I'm, I'm very much a romantic. And so honestly, there, there's something sort of magical and time led me to this project about this. I, I know that's silly to say, but I was in the right place at the right time to meet the right people. And honestly, that feeling has really continued through, throughout the process. And I mean, I know I'm, I've got 27 more days of this process to go and then several months getting all the rewards out. But right now it has felt really charmed. Um, I know it will probably not always feel this way. I know that after the first couple of days, the Kickstarter slows down and you got to really work to push it uphill. But I really want to emphasize that I have found all the right people. Um, I connected with some really great people who wrote quotes for my page. And like, I did reach out to them, but first they, you know, they seemed interested and they were very kind to me. Everyone has been so nice, um, which is not something I 
I, I mean, I, I keep saying I didn't expect any of this, but I didn't. And like, I guess when publishing my other small ebook things, it's, I mean, I, I know I said pushing uphill before, but that's, that's what that feels like sometimes. It feels like you're screaming into the void. I have made a thing. Would you like to look at it? And with this, there was, I screamed into the void and the void screamed back. And the void said, this looks great. Let me retweet you 70 times. And honestly, like the most gratifying creative experience of my life so far. Um, I, I've always liked comics. I've always bought and read comics, but I don't think I've known comics people. And I'm so glad to know comics people. Like, gosh, you're all so nice. I, I, I keep waiting for someone to like slap me in the face and declare a war. I, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it never happens. And like, why is everyone being nice to me? Do we know something <laughs> I don't? I, but it, it's, it's, it's been really wonderful. And honestly, it's like, you know how sometimes you make a creative project and you don't get any feedback on it and you feel like, oh God, what if this is terrible? Yeah. What if this is terrible? And my friends tell me they like it because they're my friends and they want to spare my feelings. And I think I felt like that about every creative thing I've ever done. I can no longer feel that way about this because people have like, stared me in the face and said, I care, this looks good. And, you know, I have had a couple people see the comic I've had. I've certainly, I had those two lovely, lovely people who, um, who did the, um, who did the quotes that go on my comics, on my comics page, they, they immediately gave me feedback that they really liked it and that not only did they like it, they were willing to tell the world they liked it, tell all their friends they liked it and say, hey, this is cool. Why don't you take a look? And I've never experienced anything like that before. I, I keep saying I didn't expect it. I've never felt like that. Magic. Um, and I said yesterday on Twitter that if this doesn't get backed, which I'm sure there's a chance. Uh, I'm incredibly encouraged by what's happened so far, but if this doesn't get backed, it was still an experience that I wanted to have because it's brought me so much in terms of confidence in my work. And that's invaluable. Like I don't have $2,000, but if I did, I'd pay it for that. <laughs> I. I feel like Cinderella uh, <laughs> and I know that's silly for like a campaign that has its goal at $2,300, but I feel like people have seen me and said, we like you and gosh, that's a new feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling to have, especially since this is your first Kickstarter period. So, you know, this is, this is really, really great for you. And it's like, I think like halfway, almost halfway funded. <laughs> today yeah so yeah that's that's even better so yeah you got like less than a month with 27 days left like you said 27 days so yeah that's great but let's 
back it up a little bit. You've been hinting at it throughout, but um, what is Anchor actually about? Oh my God, I've been going on and on about this and I haven't told you what it's about. Okay, so Anchor is a story about time travel. It's about a woman who sort of uncontrollably travels through time and she doesn't know how to stop herself. Like she'll end up in a place and then she'll be there for 24 hours or 10 hours or five hours or two. And she has no idea how to stop it and no idea where she's going next, what happens next. And so before this story happens, there's not really a constant in what happens to her. But through the process of this story, she meets this woman and that woman becomes the constant. Like she'll go, to the future and it's this woman's future. She'll go to the past and it's this woman's past. Well, it's not really her, so it takes place over a span of not too many years. It's not more than 10. Um, I, I'm kind of ashamed to say that I haven't really plotted out how many years it is. Um, I, I think I know somewhere, I think I have it written down, but I, I, don't, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's not super long as far as time goes. But the, I mean, the title of the story is Anchor, and she figures out that this woman is her anchor. Um, I mean, she doesn't quite figure it out. She, I, I'm not going to give any spoilers here. There's, it's a 20 page comic. I've got, I've given a lot away. Um, but it's, it's about finding your home in another person. And I guess that really resonates with me. Um, not that I have that right now, very single. But I think that's what I've always wanted. And I guess you write the romance that you want. Although I would not like to start uncontrollably time traveling. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, resonate with this story, um, not only because it's um, a lesbian time travel story, but having that constant in your life, especially nowadays where everyone's into instant gratification. So if it's not working out, we're moving on, moving on to something else. So with this character constantly jumping from I guess, not, I guess, place to place and year to year, time to time, there's this one constant person that's there, that's their anchor. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people want that as well in their lives. I think that's why a lot of people resonate with this, especially me, like me, I'm single as well. And I would love to have that, that constant, that person that's always there that I don't have to worry about that's going to uh it's going to leave if things get too hard or um because I work too much or anything like that not that I should be neglecting that relationship either like they have wants and needs as well um but yeah that that constant I think everyone is looking for that yeah um I think most people who want love want something steady that they want something to come home to and uh, I think a lot of my work is about longing. Um, I do a lot of longing. Uh, so I guess I write my longing. And I think longing is one of the most universal things a person can do. So I've, I've noticed that this has been backed by men and by women. Like it's, it's yes, I've got a lot of sapphically inclined people who are interested in this, but I've been really amazed by the universal, universal appeal of this. Um, and 
like when I write, I, I usually think of myself as writing for women who like women, but it seems like when you find something that you care about and you write it from your heart, people will care about it regardless of who they are. And, you know, once again, I think that's lovely. Okay, so can you, uh, I guess, elaborate a little bit more on your creative process for Anchor? So just a thought in your head to now promoting it on Kickstarter. So I know it started off as like a short story at first, right? And then it transformed into a comic and now on to Kickstarter. So how has that process been for you? So a lot of my stories come from dreams. Um, and rarely do they make as much sense when I am dreaming them as when I am writing them. But um, I, I'm someone who, I don't like believe in dreams, but I put a lot of stock in them. I'm someone who remembers my dreams and they're really vivid. Um, I had a dream about time travel. It wasn't necessarily a romantic dream, but I kept coming back to like the same place. And I thought, you know, this is the spark of an idea and I write romance. So I was like, how do I make this romantic? Uh, and it was not hard. This often like, I'll have a story idea or I'll have a setting and I won't have characters or I won't have a plot. I've, I've always got one of those things. And then you've got to figure out the rest. And so a lot of the times people talk about how we write. Um, there's, the, there's the phrase, are you a pantser or are you a plotter? A plotter is someone who like, writes out their outline really detailed, who knows everything about their world. I'm a pantser. Um, I've, I've written a couple stories that aren't by the seat of my pants, but I, I find that my ideas come best when I do that. Um, however, they don't always like flow wonderfully or make great plot sense. So the first draft of any story with me is seat of my pants. What is this idea and how can I follow it to its ending? And after that, it's, okay, how do I make this all fit together? How do I make this flow? And how do I find like the meat of the story, the thing people are going to care about? And none of those are easy questions to answer. Um, this was definitely one of my easier ideas. Um, like a lot of the time you will spend like weeks thinking of one thing and trying to figure out a way to make it viable. Like you'll have a story and you'll write a thousand words and then none of those thousand words are usable, but you're gonna keep the core idea and you're gonna make, you're gonna figure out a way to make it work. But this was a story where when the first draft was done, I had the skeleton of what we have now. And actually, um, I think the story kind of improved on the way from on the way from a short story to a comic. And maybe I'm just saying this because I worked with wonderful people and it's wonderful to have the visuals, but I think it really helped. When you're writing a comic script, you have to pare down some things like you've got to cut some dialogue. You've got to, 
I'm not saying it's bare bones. I'm saying you've got to get that story out within 20 comic book pages. And we decided that it was going to be 20 comic book pages fairly early, mostly because I'm working with these new people and like I, they haven't been paid yet. The Kickstarter is for that. And honestly shocking that they worked with me an untested person. I love them so much. They are great. But we decided it was going to be as short as we could get it and still have it be, you know, a full comic and also, you know, be able to tell the story right. But 20 pages meant that I had to cut some things in the story. And I think that meant that I cut some of the fat. Um, I, I think it works better. Maybe that's hubris, but I hope it works better. I, I think it does because I see something in it now that I didn't see then. And maybe that's the work of these two lovely people I'm working with, but maybe it got better. I hope it got better. Maybe that means I'm getting better, but you know, you never know. So how difficult, or if it even was difficult for you, was the world building? So like time travel isn't like, isn't original idea has been around for, for however long. But how did you design and structure Anchor so it stands alone as yours in your world and not someone else's? So this is a weird little phrase, but I think the thing that matters most to Anchor is economy of information, um, which means that you learn things as quickly as the character learns them. You don't know anything she doesn't know. You know exactly what she knows and everything you figure out how everything is working and where we're going by the time we get to the final page. And like, as the writer, I knew that from page one. So I have to not reveal, well, I didn't know that from page one, but I knew that from the second draft. And I have to not reveal where I'm going at all. And I think that's what makes it work. I mean, maybe I don't know. Um, so I, I think I mentioned my brother earlier. He is someone who I have look over anything that I think is important or that could become something. Um, really smart guy. And he always finds something that I haven't seen. He finds an edit I haven't made. Um, I should pay him, but you know, <laughs> it, small Kickstarter, maybe next time. <laughs> okay, so onto the advice part. Um, what advice would you offer to other I guess, writers or artists, you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Okay, so the biggest thing I can say is don't be afraid to ask people who you think are really cool for help. Like, obviously, don't go up to like, Brandon Sanderson just had a Kickstarter. You are not going to get any help from Brandon Sanderson. He's, uh, <laughs> he's dealing with $15 million. By the time this goes up, it'll be 40 or something. Um, but that person is not going to help you. But smaller people, people who are like 500 steps ahead of you, they will say, hey, I, you can say to them, I love what you've done. Can you look at this? And I think not being afraid to say, can you look at what I've done is one of the biggest steps I've made with this, because I've had to reach out to a lot of people and say, hey, do you want to do a review? Can you retweet me? 
Can you tell me how your Kickstarter, which was also an LGBT comic, can you tell me what you think was the key to that? Can you give me some tips? Can you tell me people to talk to? And like, I'm a little shy. You might not be able to tell because I am talking my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. I am speaking a lot and I, I'm talking about the things that I do, but this is actually the first time that I have ever like talked to anyone and said, this is what I've done. This is my process. And this is something cool. Please check it out. Like prior to this, I've like the thing that gave me the sales I did get on my eBooks was Tumblr. Um, I said, Hey, I made this cool thing. Here are all the cool things about it. Please take a look. And Tumblr, which was at that point, um, a little less dead said, I'll reblog this, I'll go buy your 99 cent ebook. And that was really nice and sweet. But what you actually have to do is go and talk to people. And that infinitely harder. Um, I'm on the autistic spectrum. I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm not good with people, but it's not something that comes easy to me. And I have had to come out of my shell a little bit. I've had to say, I admire this person. I'm gonna go talk to this person. And that's not easy. I don't think that's easy for anyone who writes. I know a lot of people who write who are like, oh, I, I can't show it to anyone. And like, you gotta show it to someone. If you never show it to someone, no one can ever say, I like this. And you know, maybe they won't say I like this, but maybe they'll say, you know, maybe you should change this. And you have to be open to hearing that. You have to be open to rejection every time you say, hey, can you look at this? And that's really scary. And so I think being open to rejection, but also to the good things that can happen is the best advice I could give anyone. I don't feel qualified to give anyone advice on writing a comic, you know, maybe in a year, maybe in a couple of years, but I feel qualified to give advice on how to come out of your shell and have people look at your work. Um, so the best advice I can give is just, it's worth it. What you get from it is worth it. If, if it means that they say, this isn't good, you've learned something from that. And you have to like be willing for someone to just shut you down. Like when you show someone your work, you give them power over you. And that's, that's tough, but you gain something back from it. Yeah, I totally agree with pretty much everything you just said. But uh, my last question for you, Maddie, is what is your idea of success? So I ask that with everyone I speak with, um, because if you're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from your art, whatever it may be, you're considered a failure, um, either from yourself or from outside people. Uh, many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? So success is knowing that you've made something good. Success is also like, success is having made someone else happy. And when you make someone else happy, you make yourself happy. Like, I'm not going to say I wouldn't be glad to have an ocean of money. Like, I 
launched my Kickstarter the same day as Brandon Sanderson, who writer that I adore. He fantastic fantasy. Um, and I looked at that and I saw it going millions and millions. And obviously I wasn't going to do that. He's been in his genre for over a decade doing amazing work, but I saw that and thought, you know, I want a piece of that. And, you know, I may never get a piece of that and that's okay because first I've made these incredible connections in this industry. And that's, that's really sweet and nice and like sweet and nice is a lot of things. Sweet and nice does not pay your rent. I, I think what I have always wanted to do is work on this until it becomes big enough. And like, it, it has never bothered me when my first attempts did not immediately make me $6 million. I don't, I probably will never make $6 million, but I think what you have to do is constantly improve and constantly move forward. Like I'm going to have a day job for a long time. <laughs> like I'm in school and I still have a day job and maybe I'll always have a day job. And you know, if I always have a day job, I will be happy that I got to work with great people and create things that I could be proud of. But I think you have to say, I want more, but also be okay if you don't get it. Uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on about Anchor that I may have missed or even discuss rewards for potential backers on the Kickstarter? So something I want to say is that I know that next time I do this, I want to do it different and I want to do it bigger. Um, like right now, I didn't contact any artists outside of what I already had. I don't, I'm not doing any variant covers. I, I just don't feel like I have the, I, I don't have the money to pay for it. I am a college student and like, I wanted to start small. I, I, I'm not going to be using like a shipping company or anything. I am going to mail all these things myself, which that's going to be fun. I, I don't live in a big place. So we're going to put some boxes in here, hopefully. Um, but I, I want, I, I love that I'm already thinking about it next time. I got months ahead of me, but um, I'm going to be doing this again, hopefully, um, barring some horrible incident where I shame myself and go back on my shield which hopefully doesn't happen, but you know, there's a little voice in your head that always says you are going to screw this up, uh, which has become much quieter during this campaign, but um, it's still there. Um, the next one, I'm gonna know that I have some of these people in my corner who, you know, I've only come to be aware of in the past couple days and who I've only made the connection with in the past couple days who've been so excellent to me. Also the next project I'm gonna do I want to get a couple anthology things done. It probably was really ambitious right out of the gate to say, I'm going to make a 20 page comic and I am going to kickstart it. Um, sometimes I take big leaps before I take small steps and somehow I'm being rewarded for that. <laughs> Maybe it's not the right way to do it, but I know that I want to get some more under my belt before I try this again, but that I'll be back. And that's kind of comforting. All right, well, again, I want to thank the creator and writer of the comic Anchor, Madeline Kelly, currently on Kickstarter. I highly recommend our listeners to give Madeline's 
Kickstarter look, share, and back if they can. Um, all of Madeline's socials will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.